You are now tuned in to Penrose versus Anybody, a show that creates a judgment-free and unapologetic space where we can discuss our fears, celebrate our success, laugh at life, and grow from conversation. Each episode, I will deliver personal transparency in an attempt to complete life's puzzles. We'll discuss the strain of conversation, poetry with Penrose, three things for your day, and a whole host more. As always, you can't come in my house without love, so do me a favor. Jump back and kiss yourself. I love you all. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Penrose versus Anybody, a show that is meant to feed your thoughts, encourage your conversation, and give fluid to your unapologetic opinion. My name is Penrose Eames, which would be the Penrose in the title, and you, dear listener, are the anybody. Come talk with me, laugh with me, cry with me, yell at me if you need to, but most of all, let's learn from each other. Three useless facts that you will never need to know. A second is called a second for a reason. The first division of an hour is by minutes. If you divide minutes, the next measurement is by seconds. Seconds derives its name from being the second way to split an hour. Blue whales have the largest penises on Earth. If you think you know big, big energy, think again. Blue whales officially have the world's largest penis at 12 inches in diameter and 10 feet in length. Legos have a uniform system. A Lego brick made in 1960 will perfectly fit with a Lego brick made today. Three useless can facts I, you never need to know. Can I add a useless fact I just right. learned yesterday? Go right ahead. Camels have three eyelids, but they are all so thin that they can still see with their eyes closed. Oh, shit. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Penrose versus Anybody. My name is Penrose Williams. Thank you for being here. And this is a conversation I've been wanting to have for a very long time, but none of you ladies would ever have it with me. And so I'm so glad. Well, it's going to be multiple conversations, but one of the conversations I begged you ladies to have it. None of you would talk about it. So I'm very, very happy to welcome, uh, I'm going to call you Miss Alexis because, like, how Janice said, how Janice said, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. Jackson, if you're nasty. <laughs> so I'm going to get it. I'm gonna, I want everybody to give a, welcome, a warm Penrose versus anybody. Welcome to Miss Alexis. Um, just small background before I let her take the floor. If you know me, then you know I'm a grime lord. And if you know the grime lords, then you know my homie Stab. And I've been blessed to have his sister on my show. How are you? I am well. Thank you for asking. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Right, thank you uh, for being here. One thing I love to do is talk about the way I think. So <laughs> I'm excited for that. Well, this, this should be a very great conversation because uh, if anybody who listens to this show can tell you, I love to talk about the way I think as well. So this should be this should be very dope. Um, before we started recording, we started talking about a bunch of other stuff, and I think we both agreed that the original conversation we came to talk about today, we're probably gonna we're gonna talk about it. But I don't know. I just I just we'll found go out off on was, tangents. Yeah, she. I just found out she was so dope just right before the show. This is the first time we've ever spoken to each other, y'all. So this. I got to say this. I don't get as many. How do I put it? Uh, you are less atypical than the people I had those type of conversations with. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think because even though I know I don't know everything about it, I'm still just extremely open-minded. You know what I mean? Even, I kind of feel like, and that's why I made this show. Even if I don't that's agree with you. That's not as common in men as, as one would prefer. Well, that's because men are fragile. We're the most fragile shit on earth. Regardless of what, <sighs> what men try to portray, niggas is fragile. And, like babies. And the reason I say that is because as a man, you definitely, you go out, you got to be hard 24-7, like not even like in the streets hard. I'm talking, if you're out rapping for your family, you're working, you're doing whatever you're doing, you are out here putting on this tough guy face. Not like not in a bad way, it's just the words I'm using. So in essence, 
you don't have time to be emotional. We taught not to be emotional around our friends. We taught if you have sons, not to be emotional with them, yada, yada, yada. And what happens with something that has pressure, too much pressure in it, it's the easiest thing to crack. Men are fucking fragile. So when we come around your, what happens when a man gets sick? The nigga want to lay in your lap and fucking cry and all this other shit. And just two days ago, for some of you ladies, not all of y'all, he was calling you a dirty bitch and talking about your mama. And now this nigga's begging you to take that care of That nigga ain't laying in my lap talking <laughs> to any of that shit. I'm saying it's some women out there that be taking that disrespectful shit. So I'm just showing extreme. Tell them to call but, me. I need to talk to them. I help people learn how to love themselves. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> that disrespectful shit is not. That's not what love look like. It, it's not. It's not. I think um, toxicity is is something that is shown just throughout generations, and it's just like anything. It's it's the same thing as like religion and, and politics. The reason most blacks are are Christians and are Democrats is because their mom and daddy was before them. It's the same thing with relationships. Most times what we see our parents go through, older sister, brothers, people we close to, we may not go through the exact same relationship, but it's like the old additive of the reason the reason the girl sticks with the dude who beats her is because as a child, y'all was told if a boy hits you, he loves you or he likes you. And we don't think that certain roots get put in our head and grow trees because we think those are just bullshit sayings until until you had that conversation with that woman and you say why don't you leave and she hits you with because he loves me and i know it or you have a conversation with a guy on the flip side and it's not even just about why you won't leave it's why won't you date me because you don't know how to pour honey in my ear and i'm not about to fight at home i don't i want to be encouraged my main supposed to be my cheerleader every one of your compliments is backhanded because you too uh, you feel too soft to give a genuine compliment that you actually mean. True I ain't got shit. time for that. Where do, you, where do you think that softness comes from? What, where do you think, and, and, and the, the softness in essence of a dude being extremely rude and quote-unquote hard, where do you think that shit come from? I think that it come from the idea, so like in communities of poverty or in within, gener, like where they're disassembled, where it's been trauma and stuff like that, respect is everything if that's all you have. Right. And so if emotion, if having tender emotions or potentially being manipulated or led by your emotions instead of your logic is seen as weak, then that whole side gets shut down. And anything that reminds you of that, you don't longer have the words for those feelings. So they just get labeled as all weak. And then it's just like learning the language. You don't have the vocabulary to communicate. You might feel that genuine warmth, but if I don't receive it that way, your feelings don't mean shit, right? Like if you are saying, (laughs) if you say some shit like, ooh, you so, uh, listen, what what happened? I posted a picture and he was like, who is this beautiful woman on your post? And while that is, well, like, yes, that's a compliment because this guy always got some kind of like backhanded, like all I heard was the shit that like you saying that that's not me. You couldn't just say I was beautiful. Right. right, Like you could say, oh, you look so pretty in this picture. Or, I mean, you know, talk, guy talk. But something right. that wasn't, like, I had a friend who used to like to go up to beautiful women and be like, like, if they standing at the bar, they he'll walk up and he'll be like, he'll grab a napkin. First, he ignores her. And then he would grab a napkin and be like, hey, you got a booger in your nose. No <laughs> booger there. <laughs> but just to throw her off her counter because she's a pretty girl. And so she, and, and you do that. And while, yes, that is game, and it works for him. Well, he died, but it worked for him tremendously. Oh, I can imagine. That shit is still, (laughs) like, 
I that's not what I want my love to look like, right? Like I don't want you to have to feel like you gotta take me down a peg to get my attention, or I don't want you know what I'm saying. Like if you're trying to take me down, fuck you. Yeah, that's that's, that's real talk. That's real talk. That's so, not what my love look like. So is I mean if if and if people are taking people down a peg on initiation, does that show? Is that a level of intimidation or? Is it a level of intimidation, a level of weakness, or a combination of both? Because, be- because like you say, if you can't identify with the weakness, if you've shut all that emotion off, you now don't classify it as weakness. You do classify it as game, such as the homosexual, such as the nigga who gives fake emotion to appeal to the emotional woman, and you really don't mean that shit. Because if you don't connect with those emotions, if if it's almost like a con man. A con man is able to swindle nigga out of money because he does not care about your emotion. So if if a man has shut down that, if he no longer, like you said, has that language, has he has he just turned himself into an emotional con man? Is this something that we... I, so I feel like that's a little judgmental to say because <laughs> um, people arrive where they are in different for different reasons. And okay. to just be like, oh, you... Everybody that don't know how to, that doesn't have, and this is something that I help women with and I help men with. Just because somebody don't have a language don't mean that they're not being genuine. Just because somebody, like, just because you can't be soft or be tender and gentle with your person doesn't mean you're emotionally manipulating them. It doesn't mean that you're being that calm person. It doesn't mean that you, you know, it just means that, like, I grew up in a yelling household. So yelling don't mean shit to me. My voice raised if I'm thinking too hard. Right. Um, I feel you. Hey. <laughs> so yeah. I may not hear that, but the type of words I'll say won't be disrespectful. But for somebody who hear it as, you know what I'm saying, why you yelling at me and that's the ultimate disrespect, yeah. then that I I didn't feel it that way. I didn't send the message that way. You but if you received it and then you bounce back, <laughs> right. then that, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> people, our community is emotionally stunted on both male and female sides. Right. And that has caused, uh, I hate to use these terms, but the disconnect in the black community. <laughs> and um, and it's all these other reasons that people have for blame and shame and uh, the cause of it. Right. But the effect has not made people turn to love toward each other. True. And so I don't think that all men are emotional kind men. I don't even think men who are emotional kind men <sighs> All, not all of them, were, most of them were just taught the wrong way the and they wrong haven't way, cared yeah. enough to, to try to learn. And then what yeah. happens is that journey of learning means you're going to hurt some feelings along the way. Right. And unfortunately, we all got to learn at each other's expense. I think, and, and, yeah, and that's, that's, the, that's the beautiful but unfortunate part about life, too. And I wouldn't even call it unfortunate because anything, you know, it, it's a learning experience. Yeah, um, I did want to uh, piggyback on something you said. Um, like you said, if you think too hard, you'll speak loud. There's been times where, like for the life of me, at one point in time in my life, I was like, why does everybody think I'm angry? And I and I got to that point to realizing, like, yo, you're screaming at them. And and so they're taking it as like, because every time I get emotional, if I'm passionate about something, I'm standing up, I'm doing this. and Body I'm all puffed up and <laughs> everything. You can't do that. That's I not, literally... get intimidated. Exactly. I literally have a team of people I work with in podcasting and had to get to the point to where, and you can even ask your brother too, even with them when we was podcasting back in the day, I had to get to a point to be like, Hey, 
I'm going to talk like this, but I promise I don't mean it. And, and you know what I'm saying? To have to keep prefacing with, I don't mean it like this, like that, da, 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 da. Because you're right. If people don't understand where you're coming from, or if you can't emotionally draw that back, that's a, you know what I mean? Like, I, and for the like for years, I just never saw that other side of it. I'm just like, why is everybody so upset? Like, what did I do? <laughs> Some breathing techniques will help you with that. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's just taking a breath before you say it. Right. Uh, like brings your bass out. Okay. If you just be like, da, 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 da. right, but right. that pause give you the time to like t- regulate yourself. Right. If you're so used to having a, in my household, we would have daily debates, right? And it didn't mean shit. Whoever right. was the most right won the debate. <laughs> but in order to get it out, we would puff up. We would yell. We would scream. Right? Yeah. All of that shit. And that's just, you know, not how other people do. And then people right. are afraid of you <laughs> or they think you're a bitch or all these other things. Real shit. And you're <laughs> like, oh, why they think that about me? I didn't do nothing. You're so nice exactly. and loving. Don't right. you understand? Like, how would you even draw that conclusion? Right. You and walk back in your own house. One day. Right, I feel you. You walk back in your own house and, and, and look at everybody like, I don't understand why they tripping out there. Like me and my father, man, I'm talking about you would think I had to take a step back and look at how other people, you would think that I had no respect for my father. And I know that we ain't tripping, that he know I'm in the most respectful tone, he in the most, but we're loud as hell. You so, know what I'm saying? And people just be like... <laughs> You would think I don't have no respect for my father either, but sometimes it's because it looked like I'm cussing him out for something and yelling at him. But my daddy lived with me, and we, you know, we love and take care of each other kind of deal. He had got sick, he moved in. Right. But, ooh, when I get mad, I am not a respecter of person, which is why I've been working on that, uh, like my madness. But I'm not a respecter of person, and age does not preclude you from getting it. If you're disrespectful, I do not believe in that. You earn the right to be disrespectful. No, nah, for sure, for sure. Um, I, I was talking about, I talked with someone about that on the show the other day. I remember I was like 13, and it was like 80-something-year-old lady cussing me out, right? And so as a 13-year-old boy, I ate that, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like, no, don't get me wrong. Like, if Grams called me right now, I had an issue with something I did, and she gave me the business, I'm going to eat that. That's my Grams. But, like, 50, 55-year-old James on the job, bro, you can get these hands still. Fuck these words. Like, if you really disrespect me, I'm Well, joking. I ain't getting no, I'm joking. I ain't I'm no hands. I'm going to say this. I don't give no hands except in self-defense, and I'm not even sure that I give them in that way, but right. that's whole spiritual awakening. I feel Free you. spiritual awakening, if I feel threatened, I'm going to protect myself in whatever okay. way that comes. And if right. old lady being disrespectful, I'm real good at shutting them down with shame, though, because that's their favorite tool. Right. So I just hear them and find the shame in what they said and then do the old lady shame trick to them and they just kind of shut up. It just, right. It's easy. Shame for the baby boomer generation is the most effective silencing tool or the most like easy button to push because that's the, what the whole generation raised us on. Right. Which is why we all so anxious and like, oh, I got to get it right, got to get it right, got to get it right. Yeah. Because you're doing everything wrong. Um, and that shit work on them because they was just project, projecting they shame. Yeah, that's real shit. I think that's why, so like, and and anybody that hears this, I'm definitely not shaming. But you, well, you said you don't be, I don't know, you said you don't watch a lot of TV. Do, what about your social media presence? You be on social media a lot? Not, I, I'm on not Facebook really. a lot. I'm old. I'm oh, trying okay. to get into Instagram. I feel you. I feel you. Well, was I'm not old. I'm seasoned. I, I, there it is. There it is. I like that. <laughs> 
there was this video going around and it was funny because we grew up in these households but it was a uh, puppet and it was like all the things that like we heard as a kid growing up mom i'm hungry it's spaghetti in there <laughs> you know what i'm saying if if carrie take five away and she had seven originally how many she got left four if carrie ta- you know what i mean it's all of that shit and i and I felt like people were laughing because we all could identify with that shit. But at the end of the day, if you really think about it, all of that shit was, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't bad. You didn't have a bad mom. But like you said, shame was passed down. So if you couldn't, if you couldn't realize just off top what seven minus five was, you're stupid. Not she's not gonna say that, but now she's screaming at you because why the fuck don't you understand this? And it's it's just I don't know. I just gave that analogy because it's just weird that you put it in those words like you, because that's real talk. I never even really thought about it like that. That is how they grew up. If we if you weren't the best and the brightest, you had to be ashamed. Yeah, real talk, real talk. I remember you are a failure if you are not number one. Yeah, I remember. It's funny because like ninety three and up ain't an A. Right, right, right. They I ain't gotta get it all right to get an A. I don't yeah. understand why y'all made me think that. Exactly. You don't it's have a, to be perfect. That should be, frankly, people hate perfect people. It is Real a worse shit. life. Real shit. Real shit. This is just like I remember. So in our in our generation, I feel like they tried to. I feel like I grew up. We grew up in an America where the school system was still decent, right? So I remember coming out of uh, elementary school and being put put in what was called the triad program. And so I spent my middle school years in Cooley High. And so all the rest of my friends, though, that weren't part of this program went to a regular middle school. And I remember being that seventh grade kid walking around a high school and being like, why do all these older kids hate me? Because, nigga, you're in class with them. So it says that, <laughs> that they didn't do something right. And, it's and like, they don't even know that that's why they hate you. That's the hard part. Like, they just mad. Exactly. <laughs> don't, and don't have the vocabulary to express it, so they fight. Man. Life. Shit is crazy. <laughs> I got a, a story. So not, not stabbed, but my other brother, he was helping me with my algebra homework. Oh, feel and, um, Yeah. He was helping me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He was such a terror growing up. <laughs> um, but my, you know. So let me hear the story. He was going to help me with, he was helping me with my algebra homework. Now he's six years older than me. So he's like freshman in college or something. I'm freshman in high school. And I'm struggling. I'm in tears. I can't get this shit. And he's like, listen, if you don't get this shit, I'm going to beat it in you. I'm like, listen, you just don't have to beat me then. It would not have been the first ass whooping he gave me. You just don't have to beat me. Because I don't get this shit and I can't produce the right answer. And the fact that I was just like, you just don't have to beat me made him develop some patience. (laughs) <laughs> he was like he didn't want to it, 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 that was the first time that he was like oh maybe I shouldn't be beating him <laughs> right right <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it funny how the narrative changed when you call a nigga's bluff are you, you gonna do this huh alright fuck it I'm that's a waiting. metaphysical principle yeah. that is a metaphysical principle Real what you talk, resist I rem- persists what you persist. allow yeah. I remember when I, I was in ma- when I was in management training that was something that uh, this dude told me he was like he was like, you know the, the scariest part about being a manager? And I'm like, what's that? He was like, the day the employee tells you no. He was like, how do you react to that? Because you, most if, 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 if in your own home, your children tell you no, you can force action. If you're a violent person and somebody tells you no, you can fight. He says, but at work, you can't do any of that. 
Mm-mm. The worst you, know, you could do is write somebody up for the first time. Don't let it be a union house. You still got to work with them every day. You if you saying? fire them, you sure staff. You got to do the job. And all essence, you need them. So it's like, how do you influence them? Exactly. And that was his thing. When somebody calls your bluff, how do you still get your point across to, to, to you know, to let them know that you ain't bullshitting without having to step outside your character? And that's the same thing in life. It's like, like you said, like he talking about, it's, it's, it's even like, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to draw like full correlation, but even the kid is like, yo, like, yo, if you listening, if you're a high school kid and you don't want to play football, you'd rather be in theater and your father's like, I'm going to beat that shit out of you, go try it anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not going to beat you. I feel like intimidation led so many of us into career paths that we did not want to do or a lifestyle choice. Try it. Remember, you liked it, and when you go off, go try it, right? Like, if the conditions ain't safe now, I ain't asking you to take no ass whooping for your past. Yeah, right. right away. But I'm right. asking you to know that it gets better, <laughs> right. and you have the opportunity to explore who you are outside of that kind of control if you keep your mind strong. Real talk, real talk. Yeah, this has been beautiful so far, man. I did not. I did not know this was going to go this way. Shout out to the homie staff. I, I promise you, he immediately was like, "Yo, you got to get my sister on here." Yeah, I'm so happy you're here. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm enjoying this conversation too. I feel stimulated, and that is on these kind of topics. It's not always the uh, reception. I feel you. I mean, it's it's. I kind of, I kind of, like we was talking before the show. I I believe people resonate off a off a certain energy. Um, It's just like I told somebody, and and you will understand full correlation because we're from the same place. That Rosa Parks bus center down the bus station downtown. I said, the reason why it's so congested around there, why people are still in there selling two cigarettes for a dollar, why this dude selling nickel bags and all of that is because when you have the same mentality, you breed in the same place. And so when it comes to to positivity, trying to get a point across, trying to have a conversation, whatever, I feel like the, the energy brought us together, even in a way of me talking to him and him linking me to you. When you put yourself in the right balance, in the right space, the things you're trying to do, actually, if you put yourself in the wrong space, whatever you mentally projecting, that's what's coming to you. And well, I feel, I, but it's not just mentally projecting. You got to have the feeling in your body vessel. Right. right. Like your true, body is true. like an antenna. And if you ain't, whatever you vibrate on is radiating from you, or if you like, are tucking it in, then it is other people's vibrations are radiating inward and affecting you. Right. So, like, if you don't have your body charged up with whatever feeling, which is why stunning your your emotional vocabulary stunts you, like, to be able to manifest things. Um, if you don't have a feeling right, that's like your ashe, that's your life force, that's your chi, your energy. Those feelings, the, the thing that makes your particles go. Right. It is, if you don't have that, like, so I can walk into that bus station, and I'm not about to test this theory, but I'll say <laughs> this after I say <laughs> I can walk into that bus station, and not feel unsafe because I would have walked in there vibrating on love or vibrating on some other warm quality. Right. So even when people face me with a adversity, because of who I am, because of my authenticity, because people can feel it coming off of me, they don't right. fuck with me. Like people, well, if I'm operating on my highest accord, people meet me with whatever their level of their highest accord is. It is exactly, exactly, and I and I totally feel that way. And like I've never felt unsafe down there. Don't get me wrong. Like I used to work down there. I used to work at the um for the people mover down there on the trains, and 
it was never a time of feeling unsafe. It was just a look around. Like those dudes that stay, I forgot the name of that little hotel that's over there, but it was like the Roach Motel with the little uh, diner at the bottom the of Viking, it. The Viking, I think. Or are you talking about the... Uh... The one right off of... Um, uh, when you come over the lodge, you come up on... Uh, Jefferson? Uh-uh. You talking about the click? What is the damn name of that hotel? It's like a little Roach Motel. I can't, I can't remember the name of the street. It started with a B. I don't know why I can't remember, remember is it the name by, of the was, Is it by Cass? Yeah. That was the Viking Hotel. Okay, all right. Or Viking cool. Motel, whatever it is. Whatever, right. I went and to so, Cass, so I know that. Like, I know right. what you're talking about. So you went to the original Cass. So you remember, listen, nobody believes me. How many floors was in our school? Eight. How many kids went to our school? 3,000. Or more than that at or a more. time. It yeah. was 3,000 my graduating year. I mean, hey, my, uh, my graduating class, I want to say, was no. Your, your graduate, nah. See, okay, so you went, but see, you went a couple years before me. When I was there, when I was there at Cass, they we was having class like full class all the way up to the seventh floor. The seventh floor yes. all the way down was full. I had classes on the seventh floor. Yeah, man, nobody believes me, and I'm like, young. Yeah. Be, be, I was like, I remember telling people, I'm like, yo, when I moved out here to go to high school because I, I left uh, Cass in tenth grade and came out here with my father. And I'm like, yo, y'all complaining about two floors in a five-minute break? I said, so we had seven floors. You couldn't use the elevator unless First you had a broken leg. First to the floor in Come five on. minutes, okay? Come on, man. First to the six. My thighs was on point in high school. No wonder <laughs> motherfuckers thought I was grown. And Right. I, I believe it. Look, and then and then don't have ROTC. You I get did. An extra, I did all look. four years to the other building. To Walk the other building. From the sixth floor <laughs> downstairs. To the other building, come on, man. A little wiggle room, um, right? Right. The you ROTC teachers was extra mad, chill, right? Chill, like yeah, they were, and then come to ROTC, right? Right. Bye. So look, so you know about the story, okay? Because I, I be telling, I used to tell Cass this story all the time. I remember when I, when I first started getting in trouble and shit, game banging and shit. I remember getting in this like full blown ass fight. You know when you come out of Cass, you go down to where the ROTC building is. But if you bust that right, you can go down. It's that store down there, like two blocks down. You talking about a nigga had the scariest time of his life right there, you know? It's that just, store not safe. No, at it. all, at all. <laughs> and in and, and that building right across the street from it, it was like I remember we got into some shit, and then some old gangster niggas came out and was like, "Nigga, we've been watching y'all, and we got your back." And I was that like, "Wow, well, Dino just... Brown's building from New Jack City, okay?" No, I, and listen, when I tell people, I, <laughs> and that was right where the bus stop was. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I tell people that the Carter is based on the, on a building on Detroit's East Side. Nobody believes me until they see that documentary about the Chambers brothers and and, and what's the name said that shit. But yeah, real talk. That's funny, man. That's funny. It's it's funny to be able to talk to somebody and and no, draw that shit. Yeah. I remember, and that like it, that building was a brothel and a crack house or drug house. I don't even know what kind of drug. And it was just like and a really tall stop was right, right there, there in front of it. I had to sit. So like all the kids, it was safe when all the kids was there. But right. don't let, you can't skip and catch the bus at that stop unless no. you just got some balls. Exactly. First thing in the morning, first thing after school. Anytime other than that, don't be caught around that area, young. Real talk. Real talk. They respected the fact that kids was going in and out of school. Shit was popping off like that. But nah, and the crazy part, I did. I, you went to school around the time when 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 they were still there. I wasn't even there at that. You know what I mean at that time. But that building was still. It wasn't as popping when I went to school there. But it was still a drug den. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like niggas was still over there. I'm moving heavyweight too. It's crazy how how 
not that drug dealing, I guess, should be glorified, but I used to, I always, <laughs> we did a show and it was called um, The Delightful Days of the Dope Dealer. And I was trying to tell people, not that I'm glorifying dope dealing, but I remember a time when the dope dealer was respectful. When the dope dealer, even though this is what he did, he treated it as a business. Your kids wasn't affected. Like you said, you literally get to school, get get home. You know what I'm saying? Because other than so that, like if you really went to Cass, we weren't from that area no way. If you went no. to Cass, you didn't live over there anyway. Ain't no way you live down there. Exactly. At so that time, had, at that no time there was nowhere safe. Nobody was living downtown except people who couldn't afford it. Exactly. You exactly, and you so you had no reason to be there outside of fucking going to school or going home. After and, you know what changed that, right? The I'm lack sorry. of the educational system. The, uh-huh. I'm sorry, the honor among the lack of the educational system and shame. If, yeah. People react. <laughs> people act out. Right. People act out when they feel ashamed. People get more like if you ain't gonna do, do with, if you're not gonna change your behavior, you are gonna double down. Right. And act the whole ass and try to make that look right if you are feeling ashamed. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're going to get your respect if you're feeling ashamed. And the only way people like that know how to give respect, and I don't mean when I say people like that, that culture, that I, you know what I mean. No, I um, definitely understand what you is mean. Is through force. Yeah. The people the people who wanted to change the culture. I totally feel what you mean. Because you got to, and, and the old gangsters, the same gangsters that was there when I was there wasn't the same gangsters that was there when you was there. Because you, you, you talking about the Chambers era. And the YBI era and now all that. How old do you think I am? Because I don't know all about them. And I'm 37. So I want to get, I went there from 97 to 2001. Oh, shit. Well, I'm lying. So let me not uh, give too much before you go age. So, nah, so wait, so now you went there when I went there. I might have. When did you go? I went there, I was only there 96 to 98. Okay. So, oh, so, so you so, are older than me. Yeah, I am. So <laughs> I'm tripping and say, okay, so you you look. I I remember somebody told me that they stopped spray painting the the, the road and shit. so you remember when every year they was spray paint the road, um, like right in front of the school, the street. That every every class. Well, I know they did it while I was. Yeah, you they was probably did. Now this is the thing you need to know about me. I've always danced to the beat of my own drum. So you just weren't giving a fuck. And in I high think. school, I was also like, so my mom, uh, which is different than Stav's mom, she had a addiction. Uh-huh. And so I grew up fast as far in terms of like responsibility uh, and stuff like that. And so some of the shit that I just wasn't really high school minded. I feel you. No doubt. No doubt. It's still good to meet somebody from that school though. Like I gotta log into um my work computer because I'm working from home. Yeah, for sure. Do your thing. Do your thing. Um, we've been on for like fifty minutes. We might as well jump. Oh, into we got to get into the topic <laughs> exactly. then, now, don't we? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, why is my face ID not working? All right. So, um, if you listen to the second episode of this season, I had um Young Stab on the show, and we were just discussing second wives, second husbands, and if you could be down with that. The whole point was we were talking about a time when we grew up. And we saw men hold down two separate households. That led us into a conversation of wondering if women could do so or if women would be would be not even responsible enough. But a woman, if, if a woman would even want to engage in taking on that responsibility. And Stab made the statement, you need to talk to my sister. She's trying to put together a whole Avengers team. That was not an accurate account. I only want right, to... I, I found out no, right. I found out no, that wasn't accurate. But this is what he led with. So today, 
This is why I brought Mr. Alexis on the show. I want to talk about shit at this point, just polyandry and how you feel about it, your thoughts about it. Um, shit, let's just jump right into it. Why? First off, why? Why? Why do you want this type of relationship? And then we'll get into what makes you not necessarily what makes you feel like you can handle the relationship. Well, fuck it. We'll just let the conversation take itself. What makes you want okay. it? So what makes me want it is, um, so I've been on a journey of self exploration and I realized because I mentioned earlier, my mama had an addiction, right? I'm a child of neglect. That means I really like attention. Um, and I'm a firm believer in accepting who you are and then working with that. And so if I really like attention, sometimes that can be too much for one person. Like people call you needy or, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I I have a weird kind of thing where, uh, I am, how do I put it? Like I can be needy and then I pull away. Um, or I just, I need my space. Right. Like, so, but I like a lot of attention and then I like to connect emotionally. And as we discussed, men sometimes don't always have a language or with them, it's more of a pulling that out or, a, you know, like even if they know they feeling something, they might not like that feel. It's a different thing. So in my mind, it was like, oh, well, if you have two, it's less of a burden on one, but I'm an integrous person. So I don't really want to, and I'm I, like, I'm just not about to be doing all of that sneaking and hiding and lying and all of that. Right. Not how I want to live my life. So. And then people do all kind of shit behind closed doors. So I'm a person, uh, I'm a conscious living teacher, which means that I help talk to people about the wirings of their mind and help them rewire it to manifest a life that's more in line with who they see themselves as. Okay. Um, and so people tell me they business. And then all my life, people tell me they business, like just, it's just, just a, it's something, now I realize what it is, but there is a gift in me that, it like cuts time in developing intimate communication and connection. Yeah, I totally understand. <laughs> and I so, <laughs> so people will, um, dang it, I forgot what I was about. So then people always telling me shit, which means that I know people who have multiple partners and they, per- they may, they husband or something be okay with it. I know swingers. I know, you know, people who know their husband or wife is cheating, but they love them and the life that they live enough that they just rather ignore it. So since mm. these conditions exist in the dark, I ain't no in a dark person. That means I could have it in my life. Right. And I ain't even going to be funny. It's a whole category of porn for it. Real talk. So like it exists. It exists. People are driven by this. I had a boyfriend, I had my ex-fiance and I was younger, so I didn't do it. But he used to beg me to sleep with somebody else because it would turn him on. And I didn't do it because I thought I would lose his respect in some old school days kind of way. Not because I didn't want to. <laughs> Shout out to school. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I just wasn't about to be that dumb girl. And so it was like, all right, no, I won't. But then chicks were okay. Right. And I'm a sexually fluid person. And so we explored with chicks. And then he was the kind of person. He didn't care if I was with a chick without him. Because he okay. didn't feel threatened by them. Right. Uh, he was a cheater though so like he wasn't integrous in his life but that was my favorite well one of my favorite relationships um and yeah it's more possible than you think the problem is dudes be so busy worried about their ego and i think women are more equipped to have multiple men than men are equipped to have multiple women 
Well, I mean, <clears throat> for one, <clears throat> going back to our conversation before the show, um, I don't know how how much I agree with 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 the with being equipped per se, but I can see why it seems more advantageous for a woman to do so than a man. Not necessarily more advantageous. I take what that What do you back. mean by equipped? What don't you agree with the, by the equipped part? Because, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying I don't, I'm not agreeing. I, maybe I'm not fully understanding where you're coming from with equipped. Because are we talking about from an emotional standpoint? Are we talking yes. about just from... From okay, an emotional now, standpoint, from, which is where everything breaks down. Now, from an emotional standpoint, then, then I will be inclined to agree. And this is why I feel like second second households back in the day actually were allowed to have it because the woman wasn't necessarily threatened by a dude being with another chick as long as he took care of his household. Uh, well, also, you got to realize chicks didn't have as many options. Maybe. Options, well, that too. I mean, we wasn't really able to be as independent. Taking the economic part out of it, if we just hey, talk in emotions. You can't. Not if that's that. Like, so if I'm being supported by my husband, the cost of what it takes to leave him, and then I got to go fight in this world and make 70, less than 70 cents at that time on the dollar work back breaking work and come home and raise these badass kids while he off living his best life with his new well, family well no 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 in the in the conversation that we had we were talking about the women who to me it's different it's a difference between the second wife and the side piece the second wife gets the same pretty much the only thing the second wife cannot have is his last name and i've, I've seen those households to where this woman is is just as happy as the first wife and they know about each other i'm speaking from the first wife perspective like i'm not leaving my husband for having a second family if the life that I'm leaving him for is worse than the life I'm living with him having a second family. No, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm not and that's what I'm saying. I'm not I don't want to present it as if the first wife is downtrodden. If if nothing's being taken away from the first wife at all. She feel she feel way more love than the second wife do. Like she's still good. The kids good, she good, the house good. You know what I'm saying? It's like I use the analogy in the show. The the, the only difference the first wife kids get Jordans, the second wife kids get Air Forces, but everybody fresh. You see what I'm saying? It's just you the first wife. You get everything. So I'm saying from that standpoint, emotionally... You get everything in depth. The first wife gets the shaft. You think so? I'm certain of it. They only... Here, let me tell you when the first wife gets the most respect. When it would make the husband look bad for her not to have it. But Men I mean, are if, that respect out of duty. Not out of like so it's a it's a it's a reflection of their role. But in actuality, she don't get the most because he values her the most. She don't get the most because she deserves the most. She gets the most in life insurance and you know what I'm saying? Like she gets social security checks for her kids, she gets the most in acknowledgement from the world, which is where he presents that. But then the second wife is who makes him feel alive, who appreciates every little scrap he gives. So he's going to pour more into her and just hold and keep his responsibility up with his first wife. So, so now how does that, how is it different in a polyandry situation then? So I want my guys to be friends. But how do, that's what I'm saying. How do we know these women aren't friends? I'm not talking about two women who don't know nothing about each other. I'm I'm presenting the situation in the most pleasant and possible way. Oh, so you're saying like where, like just a polygamy situation where like I'm allowed, like I knew I was going to, when I married you, I knew you was going to get another wife. Yeah, or like this dude was married 
He had a family, possibly kids only like one, two, two, three years old. And he tell his wife, he asked his wife, yo, what's good with Sharon over here? And the wife is cool. They just live in... I, like, I had a woman tell me one time, she was like, look, if you can financially support this, as long as we can live in two separate households, you can do, I'm, I'm 100% with it. And so I remember growing up and seeing dudes, dudes working at the plant. Because back in those days, that was enough money to afford. And they their wife far out. And, and then had a... Oh my God. Exactly. I so many men in my family like that. When Southfield, when Southfield was the shit, move your wife out to Southfield... Yeah, your second old lady on in, in in like the good part of East Detroit. They far enough away. You know what I'm saying? I, I have seen some niggas that your motherfucking your your first family live on Sussex and Puritan and your second family live on goddamn Lauder and Finkel. Them kids go to school together, but for some reason, those women got along. It was just oh, you know what I mean? So for me, I presented it that way. Everybody happy. So, but but that's what I'm saying. What makes a woman more equipped to do? Well, you said emotionally, yeah. And that's what I was getting into is that that's why I feel like women were allowed second households because emotionally they was like, shit, you're not you're not disrespecting me. You ain't beating on me. I know the woman you sleeping with. You know what I'm saying? I feel like the sex was not something because I think that's what ties men. Men is like, yo, you fucking somebody else. You are having physical contact with somebody else and that's why a lot of men can't go that route we say we can we say we good with our chick doing but, this but here but that. hold on but i'm gonna throw this out there so like in your show because i listened to it you said like oh no i ain't never been a side nigga without getting some out of it right and then you made the mention that like because you can't help it when you catch feelings and blah 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 blah. Right, right 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 so you had some idea how you was gonna be before you showed up to that situation but niggas will fuck somebody that's fucking somebody else Every day, all day, and not give no fucks about it. True. And just from this side, so every time I date more than one man and I tell them that, it makes better dating for me because y'all are mad competitive. <laughs> <laughs> and what I have found is if ever I get the balance off and I'm down to one, that competition go away. And then I, this is why I want to. Because I need y'all to be mad competitive because I like being treated the way I get treated when we start. And the only way to keep that up is to keep you sharp and on your toes. Which is why women use tricks like jealousy and shit like that. I just kind of want it to be, this is our agreement. You know what I'm saying? Like, And then here's the thing. If you love me, you want me to be... If you love me, you are willing to contribute to my happiness. Okay. True. I mean... Just like, if I love you, I am willing to contribute to your happiness. And then I want you to be happy... Even if it is, uh, like, I want you to be happy separate from my own mental concepts. I'm not saying that that shit don't come into play. I'm not trying to be, like, ridiculous and be, you know, because this shit I won't accept either. Right, right, right. But I'm happier when my partner's happier. And if I don't feel threatened that they're going to leave, I am less likely to feel threatened if they were to have sex with somebody else. Or, you know, like, in that relationship where I told, like, where I was engaged and we was, um, exploring our options sexually right I didn't, as long as i felt secure in our bond i didn't ne- i never felt threatened with that it was only once he started being shady that i felt threatened okay when he started being shady well that was when we broke up because i don't really tolerate i just i don't because i was lied to so much growing up i just don't fuck with that shit like tell me the truth i can handle it we'll talk about it and even if that means we got to go our separate ways i would rather do that than like that guy tried to run over with a car Oh shit! <laughs> right, I don't want to be <laughs> that level of emotional. Like it's, it's just the benefit is not worth the reward. I mean, the risk ain't worth the reward. So, 
we can get along and my guys can they should want me to be happy is how I see it right, and, so- and free them up right like they don't gotta be my everything and dudes never want to be your everything and frankly I don't want one dude to be my everything and what happened to them niggas that like to sing Joe and they want to be you? <laughs> what about them emotional they, ass they, So them niggas is only how do I put they like the same yeah. with women who super needy and want to do all of that shit right. and then after a while that shit fall off because they not getting as much appreciation for it because it's become a normal and commonplace and all of that. Yeah, real shit. That's just how that works. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, that's that's fast. Yeah, if you're still giving the same and, effort every day, it does become normal. Yeah, that's it's it sucks, but you're yeah. right. Real shit. And then it also becomes boring. True. Very true. Because now I'm accustomed to you doing this top of the line shit all the time. What else is you about to do? And without then, without reciprocity, you've been doing this without reciprocity as well. So now I take that as common as well. So why are you mad that you're not that's real shit. That's real shit. That's why if you don't lay shit out on the table. If you don't, if you don't feed the relationship the proper diet, it it turns toxic very, very quick, very, very. And, quick. and then we want people who are doing things in the world, right? Right. And things take time to do, and time away is time away. Right. So you know, you gone, we here. I feel you. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see why it couldn't work. Like, like I'm, like I said. I'm extremely open-minded to be worried to about being clowned by their friends. Dudes be worried about all kind of shit that have nothing to do with us. Or and I'm gonna just throw this out there. I'm an amazing romantic partner. Like a partner, like I am nurturing. I'm supportive. I believe in you. I don't be cooking that much. I can <laughs> cook though. I will. I don't like to cook. I can cook. I just don't like to. But like. I am emo- I'm not going to take your emotions and hold them against you. You could talk to me. I'm a great sounding board. I have amazing ideas. I'm off doing my own shit too. Right? Hey, like right, right. Now, I don't see nobody doing a disservice by getting a disservice by being with me even if they got to share me. Would you want um, okay. I mean, and and I can see all of that. All of that is I mean, I can see all of that from a positive. Now, would I do it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a conversation for another time. But actually, I mean, we can have that conversation too, but before. So in in the sense, say you find two men, they good with it. Do you want succession, successional polyandry? Because I'm looking at this shit right now. Successional polyandry in the terms, sense. Just so you know, I don't know enough about polyandry to talk about it. I know. I'm about I to, know I, I won't. Right. That's what I'm saying. I'm about to just read off what I'm reading here. Yeah, I'm not trying to like oppose this. Like I know all of this shit down to the bone. Fuck no. I'm reading this shit straight off the phone. <laughs> um, successional polyandry it says this uh, this form is flexible these men may or may not be related and it may not it may or may not incorporate a hierarchical system where one husband is considered primary and may be allotted certain rights and privileges not awarded to the second husband such as biologically fathering a child but if the first dude gets sick ill can't provide the second husband steps up and becomes the primary and then you allowed to go find another secondary you got that. You have associated polyandry. A combination of polyandry and polygamy as women are married to several men simultaneously and the same men are married to several women. Not that one. Alright. Then you have fraternal polyandry where the most basic form of it is is where a group of men that are all brothers are given to one wife. You're not given so to them. They're all given to you. 
So I think that I would have to say, if I would put what I want in a category, it would have to be the first one. But I don't know that I... So I want a husband and a boyfriend. Right. And that's pretty much what it's saying. It's like, so... Because I remember when I was talking to Stab, I but said... But I would want my boyfriend to step up to be my husband, though. Because what I want out of my boyfriend is different than what I would want out of my husband. Well, it, it's, it's also saying that he would never have that opportunity to do so unless... The husband died off, and you chose to say, "All right, cool." So say that. Say no. I would just seek another husband. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. If you never, so he would never move nigga, up. Like, then that's cool, right? I mean, it's your own form of successional polyandry. Like, yeah, nigga, this this is your step. This is where you sit. <laughs> we well, going my on. To my boyfriend can have other women, but my husband cannot. So okay, I mean, and you know what now. Do you think the so you you brought up men being you know clown by their boys having egotistical reasons for not wanting to do these things? Where where do you? Because well, I guess if you knew where to find them, you would already had this popping off. But where okay, not where do you find them? How do you get a man past the point of being afraid to? Oh, they just fall in love. And so. Now you you feel just falling because you know what like it's almost like love drives me everybody go crazy for love. I feel you, I feel you, <laughs> but like nobody like the way you just dropped that line was almost like like when you see Erica Badu in the interview and she just say some old simple ass shit and the whole world is like you know what I fucks with that <laughs> real shit. Like, I'm speaking of what you, happens, not what people think will happen. They just fall in love. When, so for example, let me on the flip side, uh-huh. I was dating two dudes with my last relationship. Okay. And we was I was dating two dudes at the beginning. Everybody was cool. One dude pissed me off, made the other dude look better. That dude saw his opportunity and was like, "Listen, I'm I'm like we could do this, but I'm about to start seeing other people. We're gonna see other people. If not, you know what I'm saying? Like he saw that opportunity, and basically I had to choose between an imaginary new person or keeping the guy that I'm with and I love. All right. So I chose monogamy in that situation because I value him more than a hypothetical new person. For also sure. with in mind thinking that like, ah, people change their minds, you know, throughout and relationships are dynamic. Right. I'll be able to get what I want later. And some <laughs> <laughs> plan flash strategize and bomb first. I like it. <laughs> well, just the thing is I was okay if it was only me and him. But being a person, I'm 37, I've seen a lot of life relationships get boring and people get more willing. So I was willing to shoot the shot with him to see like, all right, I I'll just get somebody else later. Later. I feel you. And I mean, and the crazy part is most of the times when I, the, the women that I have met that, that have these multiple partners is, it does seem like that's a, a going trend like this, you know, she get boring. And especially I see women that like bait niggas. She start getting dry and she just be like, yeah, you can do this. You can do that. And once you start, once you start doing stuff, regardless of how you feel, you you open an emotional box. It's why niggas who never done a certain drug they try that shit and they get addicted. It's not because you really want that shit. You've opened an emotional box to something that you've never had. So I like that. I like that a lot right there. That drugs open emotional boxes. I'm stealing that. They do. They do. So I feel like when you start doing like even if you you're in a relationship and you jump out you're allowed quote unquote to jump outside the relationship and start doing other things you may not have an emotional tie to another man but you now have an emotional tie to stepping outside your marriage so now if if your wife allows you to do this long enough and she comes to you and say so hey now i want to do it you either have the option 
to be a total ass and blow the fuck up and say no, or you have to show some type of em- empathy. She just, you open the lines of communication exactly. and negotiation. Exactly. You and open that emotional box. I am less at risk for you to go out there and just grab some pussy because you can of you falling in love because men don't work like that. Exactly. If so. you're in love at home, you're going to be trying not to fall in love out there because okay, y'all also yeah. have a difference in the way you treat your people. So your side chick only gets this. There's all these roles of how you're willing to treat people instead of just treating people like people. Um, but all these like like systems of earning a certain type of treatment and women don't go through that. They just treat people how they treat them and then the people that like that are drawn to them. Big facts. Big facts. So do you think monogamy is not a, a natural thing? Um, I think that it is depends on the person. Some people, so like, if I don't want to go through all of this, I want to have this super deep emotional connection with one person. I want to feel like that's fine. That's normal. It, it, I think both are natural. Okay. I feel you. So it's just quote unquote different strokes for different folks. And that's okay. The problem is when other people try to put it on, like put my strokes on you. Right. And you know what? I, I, I feel like in the essence of what you said earlier about men being uh, afraid to get clowned or talked about or shit like that is is almost it's like what I, I uh, an ex I broke up with she used to always be like my friend said this my friend said that I'm like yo I don't pay your friends bills I'm not fucking your friends I don't sit up at your friend's mama's house and listen to bitch I'm with you you know what I'm saying and the funny part is she hit me with um we not we don't follow each other on Facebook. So, you know what I'm saying? My, our relationship, my relationship status is in a relationship. I said, Slim, I don't even have a Facebook. Like, I've been with you for all these years. I'm not just going to start a Facebook because your Wait, friends... So she wanted you to start a Facebook so to look, when I announce first, to the world that y'all was together? When I first got with her, I had a Facebook, right? But Facebook, to me, just became a very toxic place. And just for certain reasons, I feel like I didn't need it. So I turned this shit off. And she was just on some shit like, my friends, my friends, my friends. And I'm like, it's Facebook, Slim. Like, if you really that upset about what somebody is saying in the streets about Facebook, how valued are you in your relationship? So I use well, that. No, what I'm, I hear. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. No, I was just saying, I, I use that that childish ass situation to, to, to equate it to the same thing. Because when you go outside and you like, talking to what I consider real Facebook, who is your family and fucking friends, and your man's is looking at you like, if you walk up on your man's and they snickering and then all of a sudden they stop talking when you get around and you just got in this relationship, you know they talking about you. You have to be strong enough or not give a fuck in the sense of there's all been times as men that we've done things that our friends may not agree with and we just come around like, nigga, I, I can get less than two shits if you have a problem with it. But I think when it comes to the in-depth of our relationship, the shit that's shown on the surface anyhow. You know what I'm saying? Because that shit that's shown, that's done behind clothes, if if a man is comfortable with it and it does not have to be exposed, I guarantee he can fucking do it all day. But if 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 he's, you know, uncom- well, uncomfortable with it and it can be behind closed doors, but is he, if he's uncomfortable with it and he has to show the relationship to the world, that's when it's like, nah, fuck that. I ain't gonna ever do no shit like that. It's, it's, it's the scarcity of exposure. Or, I'm sorry, the fear of exposure, not the scarcity. But it's like your brother said to me, he was like, the reason shit don't work out is because we live in a world of the internet. Everybody can expose you, even if you don't want to be exposed. And so you're right. Some men, I think it's just too fragile to to take on. And, and not all men. I'm not going to use fr- fragility as the reason, but I will say 
that there are some people that's just totally against it because they are against the way of thinking, the way they feel. They're just not with it. But I think the men that, that would want to try it or would even be inclined and want to do this are afraid of what somebody going to say. We've had pit balls, player balls, and all of this shit. We from Detroit. We've seen this shit. Motherfuckers come with But that's for men to do, not for women to do. And that's that's what I'm saying. Except that men always fighting over women, though. Always. Right? Like, so women do it. But the thing I wanted to mention in your example with your your chick who was like, my friends, my friends, my friends. Right. All she lacked was the vocabulary to say, I feel like you're presenting me to the world in a way that, like, I would like to be you know, seen as more valuable in your eyes, and I would like to be put on. You know, what I'm saying I want to be reassured in this way. Right. She might have a. She might be a person who has an anxious attachment style, and people who have that attachment style are not bad. Or you know, it's just a matter of if you meet their emotional needs earlier, the crazy shit that happens because they aren't having their emotional needs met won't happen. It's a triggering system, and they are being triggered based on previous feelings of unworthiness and, and all kind of stuff. And so all she had, to, what she could have said was, I just want to feel a little bit more like you're proud of me, or right. I feel, I want to feel more like, I, I don't feel like I'm valued enough in your eyes for how and, I want my relationships to work. And the funny part is, it's like later down the road, I I, I found that out. Because one day she asked me, she was like, are you ashamed of me? Are you ashamed to take me out? Are you, you know what I mean? And I wasn't, it's just shit, like, I don't know. There was reasons for certain things, but it was never a thing of being ashamed. You know what I'm saying? Now, uh, that did occur later in, like, the relationship, but that's because she just totally became a total different person. But when she was Because asking, she was triggered in all of them things. Right. Now, and I feel it, it's crazy because, like, when you when you begin to take yourself outside of a relationship and, and, and look at somebody else's life, like, I stepped back and I looked at the fact that you know what I'm saying? You are the oldest of six children and all of y'all got different dads. Every time a new dad came in the house, there was things that happened that shouldn't have You know what I'm saying? And when you sit back and look at how somebody was raised, and then one thing that I do believe in is whether you decide to take on like your mother's role or not, or be anything your mother was in a relationship or anybody that taught you or that was above you, if we don't have some type of proper teaching, we're just out here trying to learn this shit on our own and that's the worst. You know what it's I'm saying? It's navigating the world without a compass. Exactly. And so it was It was one of those things to where, yeah, we had to break up. Yeah, I had, I had to get away from her. But I did eventually, like all of, this, all of the mean shit and the, the fucked up feelings I had, I was able to let those go because I did have to look back at it like, yo, you went through a, vet, like a lot of traumatic shit and nobody ever said sorry. Nobody ever tried to help you fix it. Nobody ever acted like they gave a fuck. And then, like, you know that one person in their family, they get everything, but don't nobody give shit to them? And then you get over it and you do it all again? That's this person. You see what I'm saying? And so you realize, like, damn, you didn't have, you didn't, like you say, you didn't have a moral compass to go, or the, or the mental compass to even go through a successful relationship. One, you've never been shown one. And two, you've been shown that men gonna treat you like shit. You, you vying for men's attention because... And she's been taught she had to earn it, and so that's the pattern, and the... And here's the thing, if you are not in... If, when you've been taught that, you are used to playing a role, and when right. you can't play that role, you feel so uncertain and insecure about your value to this person. Right. Because you can't play the role you know how best to play. So that's if true. you somebody who got a bunch of shit going on, and those things aren't what make you 
uh, like that's not the role you need in your life, right. but you still value her as a person, you're going to feel like, what, why she tri- like how you said, what you want me to get a Facebook? That yeah. shit didn't make no sense at the time because you was looking at it from a logical place, yeah. hearing the words that she uses to try, like hearing the situation she's using to try to describe her feelings. Instead right. of using feeling words, she's describing events, trying to get you to interpret a feeling. Right, right. But you react differently. Right. And that used to be my whole thing. Like, once we, because when we broke up, it was just, you know, whatever. And my whole thing is like, why didn't you just say this shit before? And I, I like you said, she didn't She didn't know the language. She did not know how to say it. she never saw it. Exactly. She didn't know what she was looking for. She just knew what she had, wasn't it? Right. It, going back to the, to the example we had at the beginning or somewhere in the middle of the show, we, we yell at each other and get loud because I know I'm not disrespecting you. I know you're not disrespecting me, but to the world, oh, shit, they about to buck. You know what I'm saying? When you don't see it. And, that, you know, and that's, that's really crazy because my father yelled every fucking time he talked, but that's just what it was. Love, mad, upset, happy, that nigga's loud. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? It's just, that's crazy. That's crazy. Our relationships sometimes are based on, well, not sometimes, they're based on just everything we've been through. Friendships, relationships, the way you act out in public on your job. Yeah, it's just everything. Well, life is nothing but, well, not nothing, but life is the sum of your choices and, the, and your responses to your choices. Right. And so even if you say your whole life, you're not going to be like your dad, you are choosing in some way to be like him because he is your mirror of what not to be. Yeah. Right. Like, so you Facts. still, that's still your beacon of comparison. That's still where your mind is focused Facts. and whatever you focus on expands in your life. And so if you focus so hard on not being like him, you're not deciding what you want to be like. You ain't going to have no choice, but to be like him. If you focus, whatever it is, like I had to learn this, um, because I have, I struggle with relationships of all kinds on an intimate level because I'm socially stunning. Right. I seem like I'm, I'm smart and I'm emotionally intelligent, but there are situations that I'm just like, like I don't have the same range. Well, let me, how do I put this? I have a full range of experiences. I just don't react the same way that other people do. Right. I, like and I totally understand. Don't be a big deal to me. Right. Um, and people be expecting more compassion and love and kindness. But if you ain't never been showing affection, that's not the response for this behavior. Like if you got a problem and you emotional, my response is to solve that problem so that you don't have to generate that emotion anymore. Right. Right. There you go. Your emotion. There you go. There you go. Yeah. But that's not what, so here's the thing. That is flawed for what the human experience is. That's flawed logic. Right. Because when we are all emotional, what we need to do is get grounded to be then become to a place of clarity. Right. What people are looking for when they do well, some people looking for you to feel bad for them because that's what makes them feel grounded. But when people are all in their emotions, what they're trying to communicate or what their body is trying to get them to is to become grounded so they can make their own decisions or so they can take in and, and generate a solution with the person. But us fixers come in and be like, oh, just do this and then you won't have that problem no more. And then don't validate not a damn feeling that go along with that. Because once I gave you the solution, if you just do that, you should not be upset. True. And then go on away from me with that upset because you wasted my time with all of that shit. I got like, I don't, why are you doing it? It's this whole drama that comes up and me judging your reaction instead of realizing that the actual step is to get this person I care about to a grounded position because the person I cared about and I wouldn't be with them if I didn't respect their ability to think. I wouldn't be with them if they was just this, you know what I'm saying, somebody I felt like could navigate their whole life. So 
why am I judging my partner in this moment and invalidating their feelings? That's not what love looked like either. Right. But I had to learn that. Damn, man. Like, you just learned that. Right, 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 yo. I'm telling, like, it's so funny because just, like, everything you just said has kind of been, like, just in, in, in learning. It's definitely been, like, the last year of my life. Like, in, in, in love, anyway. Like, accepting the fact, for one, I ain't gonna front, I recently just got to the point of being, like, all right, when it's time to let shit go, let that shit go. Not about life, not about, like, I'm the nigga, anybody to tell you, man, a friend, like, if you, if you fuck me over in life, I don't give a fuck, friend, family, whoever, I, I cut you off. But for some reason in relationships, I'm like, I got to keep trying, I got to keep trying, I got to keep trying. And coming out of a toxic relationship, dealing with some, and then dealing with a woman who, like you said, had those grounded emotions. Like, I remember uh, we got into an uh, argument and I blew up and she literally looked at me and was like, yo, we can talk this out. And I had to admit to her, I was like, yo, I just went through six years of not talking. Like, I needed this, you know what I'm saying? And to be able to to, to get to a point with somebody and be like, yo, this is how I feel, that's how I feel, let's do this, let's not do this. And coming from, bitch, fuck you, I hate you, da 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 All right, I love you again. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Shit is very toxic, you know? And it's weird how just the simple like you said so certain you know what i mean like you said if you hype take a deep breath beforehand and it's gonna come out better so certain relationships it's just always being loud and other relationships is that breath before you speak and it's weird how you can have somebody come in your life not even weird it's, it's more refreshing how you can have somebody come in your life that has a whole different principle base and can make you realize yo these ain't even your principles you're really not an angry person you're really not a shitty person you're really not vindictive you've just been going through this same dumb shit with this same person it's not your fault don't blame me your fault they fault nobody's fault you got put in this barrel. Nobody taught you how to be in a relationship. For a lot of us, nobody even taught us how to be adults. And we, not only are we trying to figure this world out, nobody taught you how to tap into your own motherfucking emotions, let alone give a fuck about theirs. And here we are. You see what I'm saying? And so when you when you reach somebody else that has different grounded emotions, have been taught these things, it's just... It's just beautiful how energy can change other energy. Like it flip both. It flip. It go two ways though. Um, I got one thing I wanted to bring up because I sometimes people don't know how to ch- walk into new behaviors or don't know when they like facing their old demons and need to change. Right. So with the two dudes that I was dating, where I ended up in a relationship because the one dude made me not like him, which made me like the other dude more. I ended up slapping that guy, which I don't even be slapping people. I was shocked at myself for slapping him. I'm not going to tell the story of what he did to make me slap him because it makes me feel ashamed. But, like, so normally I'm a very calculated person and uh-huh. I didn't know I was slapping him till my hand was out there. I was pulling it back because I also don't believe in fighting men because men hit hard. Um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> right? Like, whether they're supposed to hit me back or not, they might. Um, well, I'm going to take that chance. I feel you. That's real shit. Some niggas but is I slapped him. Right. And then when I was, pull, like, driving away, I had all these feelings of shame. I had all these feelings and normally I try to work them out. And then what I realized is I don't want my life to be like this. So I call him and I just said, that was too far. Don't call me no more. Right. And that was my whole addressing of the situation. 
right? Like right. I didn't have to give it no more mental energy. I didn't have to justify. I mean, I went through my own processing. Right. But I didn't need to understand why he did what he did to make me slap him. I didn't need to do all of that. All I had to do was decide that that wasn't for me. And really it was based on, I don't want to be the kind of person that slaps a motherfucker. So I slapped you. I can't trust me with you. Right. Right. I feel you. <laughs> this energy is not where I need to be. I feel you. And and I think sometimes, like, in essence, I always say in essence, but to keep in line with what you're talking about, I think that's what it is. It's like we don't we don't recognize this energy is not where I need to be. I don't like this place. I don't – this doesn't feel right, but fuck it. I'm going to try to work it out. Instead of just being real with ourselves, like, nah. And like you said, you don't have to give it no, no more mental energy. You don't have to give it any more excuse. There's nothing else to talk about. You know how you feel. And sometimes it's like the um, our intuition. We buck against our intuition all the time. I was, I was reading something or watching something, and it was like the reason it's called, called – the reason it is called women's intuition is not because women have more intuition than men do. Women just no, normally do. go with their intuition. They did they a study. Supposedly, the study says men that women and men have the same amount of intuition. Men just, for some reason, buck against their God-given thought process. So you feel when you know one hundred percent you're supposed to do something. Men are more apt to be like, nah, because women are more. I don't want to say women are more emotional, but in the sense of emotional logic. And then men try to be logical thinking. We want to outthink our fucking emotions instead of being like, yo, this is what your gut told you to do. We want to be like, nah. And women are just like, all right, man, I'm going to get up and I'm going to knock this shit the fuck out. It's like I told my brother, women are get shit doneers of the world. Men get shit done, but we have to, but what about, and then if I and hold up, because it's like, the, it's like the little memes where the nigga's sitting and it's got all of the different calculations in front of his face. When women are just like, that's what my gut said. I'm out. You know what I mean? Or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to fuck with you, or I'm not, or I'm going to take this job, or whatever. So, I mean it in that sense. Like, Women just seem to follow their intuition more than men. I feel like if men well, would follow their intuition, we'd be a, a whole better part of the species. I think that <laughs> I agree with that for the whole show. Um, but I think that so necessity is the mother of invention and survival needs make you learn, to, for me at least. I had right. to learn to trust my intuition. Um, and that happened from times of me hearing a message or a download or something and not listening. And then that outcome be all the way fucked up. Yep. Yeah. So the next time you hear something, be like, wait a minute, you just kind of listen because you don't want to have that same thing. And then we're also in tune with cycles. But before we get too much into this, I didn't. I wanted to say another part before. Um, oh, my bad. Yeah, because I went on a little tangent. Go ahead. <laughs> so the dude that, so I told you about the dude I slapped and I didn't trust myself to be with him. And you were saying how it's refreshing when you get with someone who helps you see that it is not like them ain't really your values and this ain't really what you believe. Right. That's not always the case. Sometimes what happens is when a person discovers that they values ain't they values, that shame flood in and they feel ill-equipped to navigate that relationship. I can see that. And they retreat. Right. I can see that. So it's not always, like, because I don't want to have your listeners be like, oh, well, I'm going to just be out here opening everybody doesn't have a warm reception for it. Right. And some people have a warm reception at first and then they feel like, and then if they not measuring up real quick, all of that man shame come in. Yeah. Cause now you like feel like I can't you... do it right. Like right. I understand what you're saying is right. And now I feel like I can't do it. I got to go do what I can do. Right. Right. I, yeah. 
I got to learn in this relationship. In this process, yeah. I feel you. And, and that's real shit. Um, I feel... I mean, I totally... Actually, I don't feel nothing. I totally 100% agree. That's real talk. Like, when you... If you if you get into a new situation, everything's all goody goody happy happy, and the first time something brings back a, a, a ill gotten memory, a ill gotten feeling, or and especially if it's something that you didn't deal with the right way, now like you said, all of a sudden it makes you retreat. It makes you see your old self, the person that you didn't want to be, because now you realize these aren't your values or those weren't your values, I should say. But shit, why have I been doing this for so long? If this ain't me, you know what I'm saying. And so I feel you. That shame flows in because I think that. Well, I, I think that's a part of the shame. Is sometimes we we think about that shit. Damn, why the fuck was I doing that for so long? And you feel bad about yourself instead of just realizing like shit, that shit's over. Or I think it's a process. It's it's it's, it's a learning process to have to say, all right, that shit's over. Because regardless of anything, shit pops up every now and then. But the way we handle it, I think has the we we need to be taught how to say. Because I think some people say the word suppress. Oh, just suppress that shit. Get rid of it. Nah. Uh-uh. Get through that shit. Deal with that shit. Understand your feelings are your feelings. There's nothing wrong with whatever fucking feeling pop up. That's not the issue. The issue is why? How long am I about to let this shit affect me? How does it affect me? And, and after we realize how does it affect me, do I move forward with it? Or how do I let it go? Nobody wants to go through the process. You know what I mean? Nobody wants to talk about it, so... And I feel like more importantly, to, I feel, so for me, I changed my why to what. Okay. And the only reason I did that is sometimes why will put me in a victim state of consciousness, right? right? Why me? Why is this? Like I'm searching for some external reason, but I am a person who believes in metaphysics. So my reality flows from me and is reflected back to me. Right. So for me, it is what has caused this? What has caused me to react this way to this event? Right. And then I will go into me and see what I am thinking that has caused this. Now, I recognize that as the same why, but it takes me into a more factual state of mind right. rather than a more um, I'm reacting, right? Like I feel more empowered when I say what has caused this because then I have the power to address it, see how valuable it is to me, see right. if I'm being rational, see if this is all your shit or all my shit. Right. And then in a relationship, what I realized in my last relationship, and it ended up being a little bit intimidating for my partner, um, was that when you're in a relationship, you're a steward of that relationship. Right. And that is your job. <laughs> right. To, that's the responsibility of taking on a relationship. Right. And so that doesn't look like, what am I getting out of this relationship? It looks like, how do I cultivate a better space for the us to exist? Because yeah. it's like, it's me, it's you, and then we have this relationship we are here to be a steward of. And being a steward of a relationship <laughs> looks different than I have a relationship. I have a relationship, right? I feel you. that's real talk. That's real talk. I want, like I wanted to piggyback something you said. I feel or just add something to what you said. The why is qualitative, and I I feel like the what is quantitative in the sense that you're not saying that quantity is is more than quality, but in the sense of you can step back and see the value. Like you said, when you put it in the what, it put because I just had to say that in my head, like while you were talking, it does, to me, it makes it seem like more factual. Like, what is this? What caused this? Why could be a whole lot of emotional ties. But that what, whatever this what is, it's probably tied to a whole bunch of why. So yeah, let's look at this what. First. Right, and then you'll see how they stacked up on each other. Though. Exactly, like, so the, when you yeah. Talk, when you said what is quantitative, 
spectator, then like all it's that your life is nothing but so if you look at our bodies as like a 3D printer, right? <laughs> every layer is just another moment in life, right? Yeah. So it's a stack of what you have gone through to make this version of you today. Right. So what has caused me, what in me has caused me to have this feeling in rela- in reaction to this stimuli? And then what feeling do I want to have? That's the place you operate from because that's right. where the solutions come from. I got this feeling. I don't want that feeling. What feeling do I want to have? And then I can begin to communicate with my partner about solutions or about what's going on because now I have a box in my mind for what the answer might be, what the, right. the, the way I need to feel, which means that I'm not expecting them to just me telling them situations and expecting them to infer a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> you got to have an intended outcome or else you're just going to, if you always focus in. Okay. So I need to say this part. All right. For sure. Psychological time. So time doesn't exist except as a perception of distance. Right. So psychological time is the way we are spending our mind's activity. Okay. I can if see, I'm I, spending my mind's activity on that, which I do not desire, I am manifesting either I'm manifesting that, which I do not desire reflected back at me. And then there are other concepts of how, who I want to be in that situation. So I could have this situation where I keep repeating that I don't like this situation. So I keep having to fix it. So I'm, if I keep looking at the problems, I keep having to generate solutions and I like being a solution maker. So if I'm scanning all the ways for what's wrong, i am always got the solutions, but I'm not so friendly. <laughs> right, right. So like where we're spending our psychological time is very important. If I'm spending my type psychological time worried about what my friends might think, I'm not spending my psychological time knowing what it is that I desire. If I'm spending my psychological time judging my feelings whether or not they right or wrong, I'm not spending my time addressing those feelings. If I am spending my psychological time on bullshit, I'm not spending my psychological time toward my goals. But that psychological time is what's telling me how to react to situations. (laughs) Real shit. (laughs) Like it's what's programming me to react a certain way. It's how my triggers get developed. The story I tell myself about an outcome is how I'm going to remember it in the future. So one of the things that I do in my conscious living lessons and I do in my own conscious living practice is if I go through a bad event, I'm careful about how I program that memory in my mind, even though I have unpleasant feelings. For example, that relationship went south and it went south in an abrupt way. And what I didn't do was trash him in my mind. Okay. What I didn't do was look at reasons to not love him, even though I still love him, right? Right. Even though the behavior can be unacceptable or it could be, um, and I just want to throw this out there, he didn't cheat. The behavior could be unacceptable and I could decide that, but that doesn't make him a villain. It doesn't mean that he didn't, I don't tell myself the story of, oh, he didn't love me and I was so stupid to fall for all these things. And I'll go back into our relationship and dissect everything that, oh, this is where it went wrong. And da, 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 da. I'm not doing that because really I'm just processing my grief and I'm allowed to be in grief. That's what, yeah. I went to a therapist, right? Like, all right, I, did, I don't want to, I don't trust myself with these feelings. And I know that it is important to stack my memories so that in the future, if I want to have a healthier relationship, I don't need to store triggers from this relationship. Right. Real stuff. Now, That's- later, I'm like the grieving. What I learned by doing it that way is that I'm not victimized. I was victimizing myself when I make them a villain. 
For sure. Right, because yeah. they the villain. I'm the right. victim. I'm the victim. Then, yeah, somebody got to be the victim. All right. the stupid I was feeling for being with them in that process, I did to myself. Right. Right? Like, every right. other time, oh, I'm so stupid. Like, and then the monsters that they are to do this to women and all blah, 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 blah. I created that psychological story in my mind. That does not mean that that's not, that was what was going on in their minds in that situation. And I'm just right. making myself hurt more, which makes my grieving process take longer, which right. then makes me more afraid in the future, which then will make me have a more anxious attachment style. Right. And all I'm doing is conditioning my soil to be what it needs to be for the life I want to have. That's, that's crazy. It's not, it's not crazy. It's factual. Like, and I, I don't, I don't think it's, is. I love I love the story you told because it it shows everybody. I mean, whether you it's not the you know I don't expect anybody to say they have the exact same experience, but it definitely pretty much shows the old additive. What you project is what you get. Like you said, psychological time because now everybody should be able to to, to recognize and identify with that because we all know, regardless of whether we want to admit it or not, we know what we focus on the most, and we do know that. You know, well, whether we don't know it or not, we do know what we focus on the most. But if you don't know it or not, or do know it or not, I should say, your life is the reflection of what you are focusing on. And like you said, psychological time. I think people look at time as a linear space as opposed to a parallel space. And linear spaces just get us from point A to point B. And life so you have a has linear experience. Check that. this out. I learned this in meditation the other day. And in practice, it has been true. You have a linear experience but your thoughts go to your life where you send them. Yeah, exactly. So like, if I'm afraid and I project it to the future. Yeah. Now here's the thing. You don't, get the, the you don't always get the exact thing because we in this whole collective consciousness, right. but you'll get what, what you get is the feeling you had when you was projecting that fear, you're going to experience that somewhere in your future. Yep. Because and you, when you are bringing you, shit from the past, you recreate those past patterns. Exactly. You told yourself that this is truth. Your mind, your, your, your carnal mind is objective. Your, such, your subconscious mind is truth. The carnal mind can only tell your body to do what the subconscious has held in is true. And nobody wants to, like when, trying to break that shit down and talk to people about the, the, the two different kind of minds, a lot of people just don't want to accept it as truth. But whatever you take in and, and, and take as truth, your body is just going to accept it. Your life is going to say, all right, bet. You say you broke, bet. You broke. You say your relationship what? sucks, bet. Because you, 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 like you said, like, I'm not saying that life is just going to throw that shit at you, but if your focus is... You're going to experience life feeling that way as long as you experience life feeling that way. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not, yeah, I don't want nobody to, to think that I'm saying that, oh, if you focus on being broke, your, your life is just throwing broke shit at you. But if you're not focused on not to be broke... I'm going to say this. If you focus focusing on scarcity, you're going to have a scarce life in your own you contextual go. field. There so you go. even if you think that like, so it might not be broke. You may have people that you are not broke compared to. Right. But the way you perceive yourself is you always going to be comparing yourself to more to people who have more than you, and you're always going to be feeling less than. Exactly. There it is. That's that's the feeling I was trying to convey. So, yo, we are like almost two hours in. This has been a beautiful I don't know conversation. I listen this long. <laughs> they, hey, look, they better. They better. I hope so. <laughs> um, I feel um, real good about what we, the range of things we talked about. I wonder yeah. if you break it up in two shows. I could. It ought, it, it ought to be. I'm a, once I go back and do edits and everything, or I might just, you know, I might do it and we'll, we'll figure it out. Because this was dope. This was dope. Um, now, one thing I do uh, normally do, and I've done it with everybody that's been on the show, but it's usually worked with everybody else because all of these people already know me. But this is our first conversation, so I'm, I'm 
I'm really inclined to see how this is, is going to go. At the end of every conversation, because I feel like I've asked you to come here and a lot of world know who you are, I give you an option to find out about me. So I ask the guest to ask me three questions, and I, regardless of what they are, I have to answer them truthfully. So I told you I listened. You can't see it. It's light bright. But I got my questions right here. All right, bet. Let's do it. Let's do it. What would you change in your immediate community if you could snap your fingers and make change? Shit. In my immediate community? Now, let me ask. As you define it. So you tell me what your immediate community is and then what change you would make if you could snap your fingers and make it happen. Well, I, well I'm just asking, are we talking cultural community or are we talking a community where I actually live right now? Whichever you want to answer on. Like, I'm not... So, okay. I like cultural community, but that right. feel... Sometimes that solution could be too broad. I don't care. I'm not trying to limit your answer. Where you identify. Okay. Um. Well, right now, where I live, if I could just snap and change anything, it'd be an amount of traffic around this month. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or could it be your windows, some more soundproof windows? No, it's not even the sound of the traffic. It's the congestion of it around here. Like, it's always busy. And I think it's because there's not enough roads. So I wouldn't change the, the, the amount of people. I would change the way that we commute around here. Because everything back home is a grid. Like, the whole west side is a grid. 20 miles means 20 minutes. It shouldn't take you no longer than 20 minutes to go 20 miles. 20 miles out here takes sometimes an hour. Because Where are you? I'm in Northern Virginia. Okay. So the way that this place is set up, there's there's one main highway which is 95, and then there's one main U.S. highway which is Route One. Everything else is a duck off somewhere. And so if you don't use those, to, like at the during rush hour times, of course the 95 is backed all the way up, and that's the international highway or the national highway. I'm sorry. And so for the state highway, it's like that's the only other route to go. So if I could, I would change the way build a freeway in this motherfucker. Cultural community, honestly. And I don't want to put this one-sided, but I predominantly see it more on one side than I do the other. And this is why I'm going to say this. And it's funny that you brought up school days. Women, black women, I am so fucking tired of the light skin versus dark skin shit. It is 20 fucking 20 and niggas is dying of fucking COVID. And y'all still worried about why this light skin girl baby hairs look better than yours and why this dark skin girl think that her blackness make her blacker than you. Who gives a shit? Because the world looks at us, it's people in fucking China being put out of their homes simply because they look like you. And y'all motherfuckers is worried about who too light or who too dark. Niggas, there's not a group of niggas that don't hang with other niggas because they shades of a different black. We joke about it. I joke with your brother. I call your brother the beige assassin all the time. But his color literally has no bearing on how our friendship is. But women, for some reason, I'm not saying all of y'all, but I literally see it on the timeline every day. I literally hear it in conversations damn near every day. Y'all hold on to this fucking old-ass fucking colorism in our own race. Now, do you see people saying that this has happened, or do you see people trashing light skin and trashing dark skin? No, they're still trashing each other now. Like, I'll see things, like, because I do a podcast, I'm on Twitter a lot. Like, that's really the only social media I use. I have an Instagram and shit, but I predominantly use Twitter. And you would just, Twitter take you down a rabbit hole if you're researching certain shit or looking at certain things. And I've come across pages where it'll be light-skinned girls, like, you know, uh, dark-skinned girls think they this and they that and da-da-da-da-da. They give all these reasons why their blackness isn't sufficient. And then, of course, dark-skinned women get on this thread and they trash and light-skinned women or why would you say this but because y'all ain't even really black and this 
Like, the, you know, they give all those same reasons we heard coming up as everything that we saw in school does. It's the same shit. They're, nobody's changing the narrative of why they feel this way. They're saying the same exact shit people have been saying for the last high, since slavery days. And it's like, why? And saying, I say this. I see people. And it's so still I women see, our age, though. It's not even young kids. I have a different experience of what I see, and I still got two more questions. For sure. Um, my bad. <laughs> the different experience is I see people. So, yes, we have been pit light skin against dark skin, and I see the community working together to embrace and uplift dark skin, which makes me feel better because frequently people project their light skin beliefs onto me and treat me bad, <laughs> right, really? without me knowing. And it's kind of like, or they'll do, you think you all that, or you, you know what I'm saying? And the things that go along with light skin get assigned to my personality traits, and then because people have the system of the way that they other, Right and deservedness, then they then I don't deserve friendliness. But and and I do agree with you that the that the dark skin part of our race per se has been more uplifted in our cultural society. But I think that still brings now more because when when That's when the Beyonce changed though, That's I don't just work. my whole thing is but my whole thing is it doesn't even have to be a it has to be a process. But I think the process has to be hey. You're black just like me. And just realize, it's like my teacher used to say back in the day, just press the I believe button. That's a black woman just like you are. How do you think that that happens? Somebody has to first see something to know what's wrong, right? They have to feel the disconnect. They have to, like... I guess just because... Resolution happens in stages. You're right. You're right. Be careful. You shaming right now. No, I'm not trying to shame in the sense of like, fuck y'all or you're a horrible person. I'm just saying... You're just saying this was wrong with y'all. I'm saying it, it hurts me to see it because I think that dark skin, light skin, fucking brown skin, whatever, you dope as fuck. You know what that, I'm saying? Say that. Say that way just, instead of all of what's wrong. Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't <laughs> want anybody to take it like I'm like, oh black woman, fuck you, because you shouldn't be doing this. Nah. Well that's what it, I feel I'm what sorry. I heard was, oh, this is where y'all messing up the culture. Oh no, no, no. I'm sorry. Go I'm... against each other because <laughs> it's light skin, dark skin, just like school day says y'all do not have the emotional intelligence to realize to uplift the culture. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I feel like black women lead in the pack. I just want I them to get together. Here's the thing. I kind of pulled that out. Right, I, I feel I, I changed it a little bit to help you clean it up. I no understand doubt. that's what you meant because you've been praising us the whole time. Right, right, right. But right, right, one right. of the other things that I teach is teaching people how to other. Okay. That right. Remember we talked about, I don't remember when, but Sophia and like she yeah. had no fault. And I said, no, she found no fault. Right, 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 right. How that to use the correct words. Find no fault is the way to get back no fault. And right, so right. if you want more solution, you need to draw more attention to the solution instead of so much identification with the problem. With the problem. Real shit. Well, the solution is y'all dope as fuck. Just work together. I love y'all so much. Yes. Like, and, and you even, the place that you, where you, where you was like, no, it hurts me to see. Yeah, it Somebody does. hearing that, that triggers our nurturing sense and we're going to listen harder to what you got to say. Okay, real talk. You're right, you're right, you're right, real talk. So my next question, because uh-huh. I think my battery about to die, even though I got it plugged up, well, this computer is, uh, I dropped it, and so it don't work the same way it used to. Right, I feel you. Um, so my next question is, what's your most toxic trait? <laughs> um, My most toxic trait would probably be... I don't know. Is abandonment issues a trait? 
<laughs> no, how you respond to it would be a trait. There you go. I think I think I grew up with abandonment issues, and so I feel like a lot of times when I felt like I wasn't getting my way or things were about to go ways that I did not want them to go, I would I would construct a, a not a pity party for myself. I would never want you to have pity on me, but I would construct like a, a like this this realm of like discontent or discord to where you you felt some type of shame about yourself to where, all right, now you're going to stick around. It was just almost just like stay around. It was manipulative. Yeah, extremely. Extremely as shit. Like, I'm a dude, and it's funny because I said on the time. You the emotional time, man. I was. I was. <laughs> I had, I literally, look, a lot of a lot of the shit that I bring to, to people, I, it's only because I went through it myself. And I say all the time that lying is a skill set and people immediately get so off put by that. And it's like, oh, I'm, it not saying, I'm not saying I'm a liar. But I damn sure used to be, and I damn sure used to, you know what I'm saying? And I had to realize, like, I was only doing this because I did have abandonment issues. I was mad at my mom for sending me away when I was a kid. I was mad at my dad for not being there. I was mad at so many times where I got to where I thought was the right place, that shit would get snatched. And I had to realize this because not my dad and my mom shit, but the shit that happened to me personally was because you didn't put yourself in the position where you were supposed to be. You see what I'm saying? And so instead of identifying with... 90% 90% of this shit was me. I was just like, oh, I don't like how this feels. I'd much rather deal with the toxic a- issue of just keeping you here. Hell, I'm going to hold you hostage with lies. And I built a disgusting world. I, oh, my God. I used to be such a horrible person. <laughs> well, that's judgment, too, my love. You were just uh, not as educated on being able to get your goals accomplished. Yet. Real talk, yeah. <laughs> I, I would say that would be it, honestly. Okay. Manipulation, I guess. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm going to throw this out there before we move on. I do not think that manipulation is a bad thing. It's not Um, unless you use it. I feel like the intention behind it is what makes the difference. It's a skill. And you don't always have to lie to manipulate. You present the facts in a way that has influence. Right. And if you're doing that to bring out the best in somebody or for a goal that they have espoused, like something that they think is the best in them, right? I don't, that's called motivation. But it's also manipulation. Rosa, right. Um, frankly, manipulation is the way that most people know how to re- behave in relationships. Rosa, um, I like it. What is your most treasured trait? I figure since I asked you about the bad shit, I get a chance to uh, sell yourself up. Um, I would say my. Uh, Okay, so earlier when you was like, yo, everybody tell you they business, I laughed because I literally, I, I used to tell my old lady that, like, yo, why do motherfuckers just want to come up to me and just tell me everything about their life? So I would say my ability, one, my ability to, like, learn shit at a very accelerated rate, and then two, my my empathy. Because people tell me so much of their business that I'm able to, like, be empathetic, but also I feel like since I learned so much shit, I'm able to like, all right, look, this is what you might want to do. I'm, I'm able to help in a way that other people couldn't help. Like I'm more receptive to things. I'm more open-minded and I'm, I'm well-versed in a lot of stuff, but I, I honestly think that's just like God giving antenna talents. Cause sometimes I'm like, I don't know where this information came from. I might've seen something one time and then all of a sudden I can immerse myself in it immediately. And then a week down the road, somebody come to me like, yo, this happened to me. And I'm like, shit. That's called right. clear cognizance, just so you know. Clear you know cognizance? You, yeah, like, you know how people have, like, clear sentience? Uh, clear, like, the I, psychic. I forget right. all the, the common clear clairvoyance. 
clairvoyance. Okay, I got you. Yeah, so that's normal. So clear cognizance means you just be knowing. Like you finally, be, uh, frequently, you'll catch yourself saying stuff, just knowing what to do. Or, yeah. Oh, you have the right idea or something like so that intuition you talk about listening to right the more you go inward and this has to do with that whole narcissism stuff we talking about the more you know thyself right the more your clear cognizance will know the fact that you can go walk up and say the thing you know about it and that be the thing that is the most important thing in the moment right that is after this recording i'll tell you about my um spiritual awakening for sure that is the um that's called clear cognizance. That's you. That's the art of just knowing. Um, the more you get to know your feelings, then you will have like clear sentience to go along with that. Sometimes if you'll hear a voice that like you and you ain't hear it before a second, and all of a sudden you got all this information to go along with that. Yeah. That is that's your soul. That's your spirit. Your higher self, or one of your guides talking to you and guiding you along your path for your own destiny. That right. comes up in traditional African traditional religions too, which right. is where you hear them casting a. Uh, oh do or doing a divination or reading your path right there is like so it's able to integrate predestination and then your own conscious will at the same time because your soul has a purpose and your will chooses how you experience that soul's expression of that purpose oh wow it's funny because i just talked to somebody about like free will and self-discipline the other day in the essence of the soul that's funny. If you want to have a show about that, feel free to have me back at any time. That's my favorite. But, oh, no, you definitely, yeah, you definitely, you definitely gonna have to come <laughs> back on. We want to get I, I, this was good. This was good. Yes, I really appreciate you for being here. Um, I appreciate you having me. No problem, no problem. Did you have anything you want to get to the world before you leave? Any, any? Oh, I am seeking new clients. So if any of the things that I have said resonated with you, you can email me at askalexis, A-S-K-A-L-E-X-I-S, 111 at gmail.com. That is askalexis, 111 at gmail.com. That is also my Instagram handle, askalexis, 111. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I just changed my Facebook. Because I'm on a personal mission to help the world think about what they're thinking about. I hear that. I hear that. Well, um, listener, if you made it this far, thank you for being here. Um, of course, this has been another episode of Penrose versus anybody. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you're here with us, and I appreciate that. One positive note on a go out, if I just had to give one, open, open yourself to conversation because sometimes conversation shows you the person that you didn't know that you were. And Amen. Meeting, and meeting that person sometime is a really beautiful experience. Again, Amen. my name is Penrose Eames. I love you all. I'll see y'all next time. Peace. We out. Thank you for experiencing another episode of Penrose versus Anybody. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you're here with us, and we 100% appreciate that. Make sure to find me at Penrose Eames on Twitter and IG. Find the show at Penrose versus Anybody on IG and Penrose versus Any on Twitter. Rate and subscribe on iTunes, and please leave a review so I can always learn how to serve you better. And always look for us anywhere you can find a podcast. And remember, your happiness is not built on the back of being a beneficiary, but on the legs of being beneficial. Jump back and kiss yourself. I love you all. Have a great day.